0: Welcome to the brand new Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. The official podcast of the New York Yankees AA affiliate Somerset Patriots. And the Patriots have won it! Somerset! My name is Mark Schwartz. On this show, I'll cover all things Somerset Patriots and New York Yankees. From the organizational structure, all the way down to the prospects, the AA Northeast League, and everything in between. A pleasant hello and a welcome to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. My name is Mark Schwartz and I am joined as always by my co-host Brandon Pelter. Brandon, most important question of the day, how are you doing? Doing
1: really well, Mark, for the first time in a long time. We've got some baseball players out on the field here at TD Bank Ballpark. We've been hearing the pop of the glove and the
0: crack of the bat. Boy, I'm getting really excited for Tuesday night. Yes, the players and coaches for the 2021 Somerset Patriots are officially at TD Bank Ballpark. They have been warming up on the field. We record this on Sunday, May 2nd. Uh, So they have been playing, been stretching, been taking some live BP. It's been very fun to watch them play. We've got a lot to go over on this week's episode. We do have a roster That we can now talk about. It is finally here. Uh, We will do a deep dive into the position players and the pitchers that fans will see as members of the 2021 Somerset Patriots. So a lot to get to there. We also have our first series preview of the year. I have a conversation later in this week's episode with the radio broadcaster for the Harrisburg Senators, Terry Byram. He joins the show to talk a little bit about what fans could expect to see from Harrisburg this year, and talks a little bit about the way that the Washington Nationals organization has outfitted their farm system, and provides a little more tidbits about the Senators organization as a whole. But before we get into all of that, Brandon, I know you already kind of mentioned it at the open, but, you know, it finally feels like we are days away from opening day, because, because we are. But uh, just w- what are some of your emotions now that the uh, the players and coaches are physically at TD Bank Ballpark? Well,
1: I think obviously, like you, the rest of the staff here, and all of our fans, it's pure excitement. I think one interesting note, and Mark, you would probably even know this better than, than myself, is there is just a little bit of that different feel. I mean, for the for years, we've come into the ballpark, and we have known the guys we've known Brett Jody and John Hunt and they've been staples here um, for a while we've known the Scott Kellys and Jovi Gonzalez's guys that have been here for a couple years and and now we kind of start with a fresh slate so it's a little bit of a a new challenge for us having to get to know a, a, a new group of guys but I think what's been been so really I know I keep going back to exciting but what's been so exciting to see is just watching the guys out there and taking reps to me at least, and, and no offense on our past guys from the Atlantic League, but it, it really is um, a top-of-the-line bunch, and it's it's going to be a different caliber of baseball in terms of the prospects that we're seeing here, and I know we'll get into uh, a lot more of that as we go along in this podcast.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, We came out from uh, the front office earlier today to take a look at the players on the field for the first time, And it's brand new faces that are wearing these Somerset Patriots hats and that are rocking the Somerset Patriots t-shirts. And there's a mixture of Patriots shirts and Yankees shirts that are down on the field. And it's just it's like this sudden realization that everything that we've been talking about and everything that we've been working towards over the last, you know, what is it, four or five months since the announcement is now actually happening (laughs) the players are actually here the Yankee branding is here the coaches the video cameras everything is actually happening and it's it's this uh it's this wild sensation and uh you know it just means that we are getting ready for baseball to finally return so with that let's jump right into our first position preview let's talk about the pitchers that fans can see on the 2021 break camp roster for the Somerset Patriots Who wants to play baseball? Let's go! Yes,
2: sir!
0: Woo! All right, so as we get set to preview the 2021 Somerset Patriots roster, let's first take a look at the pitching side of things. Of course, the overall manager of the team is Julio Mascara. The pitching coach this year is Daniel Moscas, a former big leaguer, former fourth overall draft pick. Uh, From the Pittsburgh Pirates, actually a former Lancaster Barnstormer as well. So, Brandon, give me a couple of the top line takeaways that you see from the new pitching staff that we're going to see here at TD Bank Ballpark. Well, Mark, you've talked about this
1: guy a lot, but to me there's only one place that you can really start uh, when we look at our roster and think about the Somerset Patriots pitchers, and that is with Luis Heal. Baseball America calls him uh, the fourth-ranked Yankees prospect. MLB Pipeline calls him the fifth. Nevertheless, a top-five guy with just so much potential, and I really look forward to seeing him potentially opening up the season on Tuesday night. Now, I want to preface this. We have not gotten any information or probables um, from Julio Mascara or anyone else on our staff here in Somerset or within the Yankees organization, but uh, Luis was at the alternate site in Scranton throwing and he uh, pitched, I believe it was Thursday, a simulated game. So just thinking things through, that kind of lines up with that five days of rest. So I would put my money on Luis Hill being the starter on Tuesday night. And we'll get a really good look at him. MLB.com said he had the best fastball um, in the Yankees system a couple of seasons ago. So that is a fastball that's going to be high 90s, even dotting triple digits here and there. The other interesting thing with Heel is to see his improvement and how he grew in 2020. Unlike very many minor leaguers, Luis was invited to the alternate site, and that's where he spent much of the 2020 season, so there was a lot of opportunity, uh, opportunity to develop. I've read that he developed a slider and improved the changeup. The biggest thing is he improved overall command, and that's where... There are very few question marks about Luis Hill, but that's where they are, is can he get his command? Some think maybe he needs to make a transition to a reliever role because he can't quite hold that command for a, a full five, six, seven innings that a starter would. I'm not in any position to make that kind of speculation, Mark. I know you probably aren't either, but nevertheless, the sheer talent and potential out of Luis Heel is is tremendous, um, and he's a guy that, when you look at Brian Cashman and kind of working his magic and his wizardry, that's another great example. The Yankees acquired heel in a trade in 2018 with the Minnesota Twins, and they offered up Jake Cave, an outfielder who is in the majors and has been serviceable, we'll call it. Uh, he, you know, He's gotten the job done, but hasn't blown anything away, but boy, Cashman turned in, we'll, we'll say an average major league outfielder, into a guy that can potentially change things for the Yankees organization, uh, maybe by
0: as soon as next year. Well, look, it's no surprise that we're going to start with Luis Hill. This was a man that, you know, the Patriots front office made a big deal about because he was the first player to be assigned to double A. And now, you know, when that assignment came out, it wasn't guaranteed that he was actually going to physically be pitching here. It was just the initial assignment uh, once they started getting ready for minor league spring training. So, of course, we were very excited. When the rosters came out and we saw that Luis, in fact, will be pitching here uh, in Somerset to begin the season. I've had conversations with Julio Mascara about Luis. I've had conversations with Daniel Moskis about Luis. Both of them have just told me how electric of a pitcher he is. Uh, You know, you go back to his uh, stats in the last full season of minor league baseball. He was pitching down in Charleston for the majority of that season. The single A affiliate at the time of the New York Yankees when Julio Mascara was the manager. For the River Dogs, uh, he went four and five that year. But as we're learning, uh, wins and losses isn't the best metric maybe to judge starting pitcher by. Look at his ERA—a two point three nine earned run average in that 2019 season. That's over 83 innings of work. In those 83 innings, Luis struck out 112 batters. Now he did walk 39. That which goes back to what you were saying before, Brandon, about the command. So if he can improve on that command just a little bit in what will be his second year under. Julio Masquera, uh, look out because this is a guy that can strike out the world. He's got that fastball, as you said, that can uh, notch it up to the high 90s, potentially triple digits. And, you know, if there's one person that Patriots fans really want to gear up for, at least in the early stages of this 2021 season, uh, get ready for the nights that Luis Heal takes the mound because he's going to be fun to watch. And really, with that potential that ceiling that he has who knows how many nights we'll
1: even see him here in Bridgewater I mean if he comes here and shows that command and lights it up for I don't know a couple starts maybe a month two months he very well may be on his way to Scranton again we are not in any position to um, you know put down that as fact this is just our speculation based on our baseball knowledge no inside uh, information there Another pitcher that I'd like to touch on is not one that probably jumps off the page when our fans look at the uh, roster that we released just today, and that's Kevin Gadea, a guy that hasn't really been around all that much in recent years, last pitched in the Venezuelan uh, Winter League in 2016-17, but a lot of question marks there. He was picked up uh, from the Mariners to by the Tampa Bay Rays in that uh, 2016 Rule 5 draft, And as we know, the Tampa Bay Rays have a great, a keen eye. Uh, They picked him up. Unfortunately, he got hurt before that 2017 season and was thereafter released. But he was a 2017 Baseball America number 25 Rays prospect, so a guy that clearly has something. And and he may jump out here and, who knows, light it up and uh, and really catch people kind of by storm. A guy that's um, on the older side, Of the Patriots roster. You don't see many, you know, 26 year old, 25, 26 year old. Most are in that younger range, 23, 24. So I
0: think if you're looking for an under the radar pitcher, he might be your guy. Among other pitchers of note on the Patriots roster, uh, and again, you know, this is going to be a pretty fluid situation as the season gets going. Right handed pitcher Glenn Otto um, entering this season as the number 28 ranked prospect by MajorLeagueBaseball.com in uh, the Yankees organization. Uh, this is someone who was a fifth-round draft pick, not so far removed from getting drafted back in 2017. Um, so he's somebody to keep an eye out for. Uh, in the Arizona Fall League in 2019, he went 3-1 and one with a 1.88 earned run average, tied uh, for the league lead in wins and ranked fourth in ERA in the Arizona Fall League Uh, and you know that was one of the last opportunities that he had to pitch professionally so another guy to look out for as well as a couple of New Jersey natives and we'll get into that but uh, two New Jersey natives on the pitching staff side of things Ron Marinaccio and uh, Sean Semple as well so uh, a lot of exciting arms to look forward to this season in Somerset on the Patriots pitching staff. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by TD Bank. TD Bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement. Whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog, we've got you covered. Just order a new debit card through the TD Bank app. Then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank, and A. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. In uncertain times, you need someone who has your back. That's why Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey makes sure their health plans have all the benefits you need. Telemedicine, mental health services, and more. Because everyone should feel like someone has their back. And welcome back to the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. Mark Schwartz alongside Brandon Pelter. We discussed the pitching staff heading into the 2021 season for the Somerset Patriots. So now let's turn the page a bit and look at the position players. As we've gotten ready for this season, there's been so many conversations about potential pitchers, Luis Heal and some of the other high-end arms in the Yankees organization, that maybe we haven't paid as much attention to the position players as we should have but there are a couple of exciting names that are going to be position players here in Somerset, including one name in particular that, Brandon, I don't think either of us expected to be here in Somerset. And where we will start off this conversation about the position players is with Estevan Florial.
1: Yeah, Estevan Florial is uh, is going to be in Somerset. Time, TBD, you know, who, who knows really how long he'll be here. And, and I think for Patriots fans in general, I know we've talked about it before, but that might be something a little new to get used to. How long do guys really stick around here? And the uh, general movement and flow in minor league baseball and in affiliated ball. But Floriel actually made his major league debut last season. August twenty eighth is a part of a doubleheader against the Mets. He went one for three, so saw some success. A very talented base runner. Uh, Baseball America named him the fastest base runner among Yankees farmhands after the 2019 season. A ton of speed and a really strong defense in the outfield as well. So certainly a guy that's going to uh, bring some an interesting dynamic, if you will, and experience into this uh, this Patriots dugout. What I find so intriguing and something that you rarely will see is before he got that call-up to the bigs and, and those two stints on that uh, 29th man, he never played above A-ball. So this is going to be his first extended stretch in A. So while I uh, started talking about him saying who knows how long he'll be around... I wouldn't be surprised if he does get a little more of an extended stint just to get the feel of things. We've heard from so many that it's double A where you really uh, kind of extend yourself and, and separate yourself. Who are the pretenders and who are the real players?
0: Well, it's interesting. And, you know, this is an extension still of the way last year worked with COVID and with the alt site. You know, players well, I should say major league organizations wanted to protect. Players that were on their 40-man, and Florial has been a very significant prospect in the Yankees organization for some time, so he's been protected on the 40-man roster. So last year, going to the Alt site as somebody who was on the 40-man roster, similar to Luis Heel, an opportunity presented itself towards the end of the season to play up at the major league level. But you mentioned it, Brandon, you know, in 2019 he played 74 games with High A Tampa at the time, in 2018 75 games with High A Tampa. So he's been at the high A level for two years now. So it makes sense to take that step towards double A, even though he does have some major league experience. His last season in Tampa in 2019, over 74 games, uh, he hit 237, eight home runs, 38 runs batted in. But this is a player that's very athletic. And I think that, The Yankees organization and some of us here in Somerset are really excited about the projection and what he can do here at TD Bank Ballpark. And
1: we'd be remiss not to mention that he is the 10th ranked uh, prospect in the Yankees organization by both MLB Pipeline and Baseball America. And even a couple years ago by Baseball America, he was a top five guy. If I remember correctly, he was the top ranked Yankees prospect before Jason Dominguez kind of
0: came into town. Right before Dominguez came in, in the pre-2018 season rankings, Baseball America had him as the number 38 overall prospect in baseball. Major League Baseball had him ranked as the number 44 overall prospect. Baseball Prospectus actually had Florio as the number 26 prospect prior to the 2018 season. Now, of course, the expectations are still high, and we're excited to see him here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you we can get into those rankings and how they change from year to year, and, and there is some change. But at the end of the day, he's a guy that by all accounts, has a ton of talent and certainly Major League potential. Um, And he will kind of headline the position players in Somerset. Another guy that jumps off the page to me is the Dominican Dermis Garcia. A ton of power and pop potential. He led the Florida State League in 2019 with 17 home runs. We haven't seen a whole lot of big-time power hitters when it comes to the history of the Somerset Patriots, so I really look forward to seeing what he can do with that power.
0: Yeah, it's going to be exciting uh, to watch him play, and you know, staying along the infield, there's some more exciting names. In my last conversation with uh, Joe Migliaccio, he mentioned Diego Castillo as somebody to look out for this year. He mentioned Oswaldo Cabrera along with Dermis Garcia, so very excited for both of those players. But how about the first South Korean-born player in the history of the Somerset Patriots, Hoi Jun Park? What can we expect from him?
1: Yeah, I mean, that he that is pretty cool. Somerset Patriots have been around for quite a while, so to, to make... S- history in that sense is uh, is quite unique. In 2019, he ranked fifth with a 363 OBP among Eastern League hitters, so he has some of that double-A experience. And Mark, I don't know about you, but with some of my downtime leading into this season in quarantine, if we'll call it, I did a little more reading into the sabermetric side of things, and OBP is where it's at. That'll get you on that money ball, get you going right there. That leads to runs. So if he can put up numbers like that in production like that, I don't know that he'll be around here all too long because there's uh, quite a bit of value. Hoijun Park, along with Estevan uh, Florial, Luis Hill, and Glenn Otto were the four that came from the alternate site just before coming here um, to Somerset in the last couple of days. So guys that have been a part of plenty of simulated games and have been seeing, if I might, you know, a little bit elevated play versus the minor league spring training down in Tampa. We'll see if those four get off to maybe a little bit of a hotter start. Who knows?
0: In addition to the on-base percentage, Park does seem like someone who could swipe a good amount of bases He stole 20 bags at the double-A level with the New York Yankees in 2019. Uh, 107 overall stolen bases over his five seasons so far uh, in the Yankees organization. So we're excited to see Park here in Somerset. One other name I did want to bring up, uh, Brandon Wagner, a Princeton, New Jersey native. So one of three New Jersey natives that we will see on the Somerset Patriots roster uh, to begin the 2021 season. Certainly exciting. And I do want to take one quick step back also, Brandon, because... You mentioned before at the introduction of this podcast, you know, we were looking at some of the players on the field and just how impressive they looked. I mean, this is a new type of prospect that's going to be coming through Somerset. Michael Beltre, we were looking at him while he was on the field. He's one of the outfielders for the Patriots heading into 2021. Um, and he was just he just looked built. I mean, this is a guy 6'3", 220 pounds, signed as a free agent with the Yankees in 2020. Um, so, you know, I think it's going to be really exciting to just see the sheer athleticism from some of these guys on the field, which might be at a different level than what we've been accustomed to he- here in years past.
1: Yeah, and Michael Beltre, a guy that when he was with the Reds organization, was a top-ten prospect by Baseball America a couple of years. So the potential was certainly there, and I think similar to um, the the manner we in which we discussed Estevan Florial, while those numbers might change a little bit and you might be falling off that prospect, prospect list and floating around i mean that sheer potential is certainly there it seems like the outfield here in Somerset will be plenty of speed
0: um, and and be interesting to look at so a lot of potential for the position players of course a lot of potential uh, for the pitchers as well it's going to be an exciting season here in Somerset in 2021 let's take one more break when we come back we'll have my conversation in a series preview of the upcoming six game set between the Somerset Patriots and Harrisburg senators with the voice of of the Senators, Terry Byram. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by TD Bank. TD Bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement. Whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog, we've got you covered. Just order a new debit card through the TD Bank app. Then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank, and A. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. In uncertain times, you need someone who has your back. That's why Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey makes sure their health plans have all the benefits you need. Telemedicine, mental health services, and more because everyone should feel like someone has their back. And welcome back to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast for our first series preview of the 2021 season. And we've got a special guest for you guys here today. It is Terry Byram, the radio broadcaster for the Harrisburg Senators, the longtime radio broadcaster for the Senators. He will be in TD Bank Ballpark on Tuesday, May 4th for the first ever series for the Somerset Patriots as an affiliate of the New York Yankees. Of course, the Senators are the affiliate of the Washington Nationals. Terry, thank you so much for taking some time today. How are you doing, my friend?
2: I'm doing well, and I'm, I'm excited for a lot of reasons for Tuesday.
0: It's, it's going to be fun. I know that we're going right down to the wire with all of our preparation. I'm sure it's the same for you guys over in Harrisburg. Uh, going into this 2021 season, of course, we're coming off of a year where we didn't really have minor league baseball. And now we're going to start off in a brand new minor league landscape with a lot of changes. Uh, what are a couple of things that you're looking forward to as we get ready for baseball to finally return?
2: Well, I'm looking forward to just having baseball back uh, at the minor league level, which will be fun. I, I'm really looking forward to this year, the 16 series. Uh, I, I think from A fan perspective and especially from my perspective or probably your perspective it makes it a lot easier to to prepare but for a fan uh, so Tyler Glass now came through our league in Altoona when he was in the Pirates well maybe maybe when they're playing in Harrisburg or maybe when they're when they would have played in Somerset maybe he's not pitching well now You'd see you're going to see every starter that the Harrisburg Senators have, or every starter that the New Hampshire Fisher Cats have. So if anybody has a top prospect, like a big deal prospect, it's a pitcher, you'll see them. And uh, you know, so when we had Bryce Harper in 2011, if he visits Somerset in 2011, you're going to see Bryce Harper bat probably 30 times. And uh, I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Whereas in a three game series. Maybe for whatever reason he doesn't play one of the games, so it's it's only a couple of games. So I think for fans and for broadcasters, uh, I think this the six game series, uh, I think I think the six game series makes a huge difference.
0: Terry, you have been a minor league baseball broadcaster now. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is going to be your nineteenth season, if we're not I counting think. 2020.
2: If we're not counting last season, I think that's right. My first year was O two, 2 so I, I, I think that would be right, yes.
0: All right, and then, so this would then be your 16th with Harrisburg, is that correct? Yes. Okay, so I, I really want to tap into some of your deep knowledge uh, of minor league baseball because this is a new venture for a lot of us over here, and specifically your knowledge of what was the Eastern League and what is now the Northeast League. Now this is a new setup for Somerset Patriots fans not quite used to the normal the mechanisms of how the AA level operates the level of talent that comes through this league. I mean you mentioned uh, just a little while ago about Bryce Harper playing for your team in 2011 and you know a, a player of that caliber has never really come through a ballpark like Somerset. So can you give us sort of like a 30 a 40,000 foot view of the kind of players and the intricate mechanisms of how double-A baseball works and what our fans can expect?
2: Well, I think first and foremost, as a, as a broad stroke example, that that first year that the Red Sox won the World Series, uh, I think that was in 06 that they won the World Series, I think. Was it, I, I think or it, two, was it
0: 2004 I, or 2006?
2: Well, maybe, maybe they did win in 04, but I think they won in 06 whatever year that was after 04, that World Series roster had something like 10 guys on it that had been in Portland the year before so that just gives that that gives an easy idea as far as uh, the the level of talent that comes through this league. I happen to believe that in all of affiliated baseball this is the best. Uh, league to be in. Now, it's easy for me to say because I've been here all this time, but when you start thinking about the affiliates and the success that our affiliates, the major league teams have had. So you, uh, so I'm a Giants fan. I grew up in Northern California. Well, since 2010 with, with Richmond, the, the Giants have won three World Series. The Red Sox have won three. The Yankees, your affiliate, they have had tons of success. And then you look at the Blue Jays two years ago, three three years ago in New Hampshire they had Vigio, Bichette, and uh, Guerrero Jr. and that is that was like uh, having a rock tour come through the league, you know. And Peter Alonso was in Binghamton I guess four seasons ago or five seasons ago, whatever it would have been. So it's just uh, it's really amazing the amount of talent that uh, that that plays him in, in this league and. I think a lot of that is typically nobody skips double A. They may not be here long, but almost no one skips. And we've had we've had players over the years that have skipped going to AAA, or they will only go to AAA for maybe literally a week just to get their feet wet. That happened with Anthony Rendon. Uh, essentially in his after he was here, Bryce Harper, he started the next season in AAA, went to the big leagues right away. Uh, Steven Strasburg uh, started his career here, and then went to Triple just for about a month after being here. So, this this league, uh, you know, Aaron Judge was in Trenton, so that would be you guys most of the season. It, it's just, uh, I think the level of baseball here is uh, pretty phenomenal, and uh, uh, you know that doesn't mean that there aren't some bad games bad pitching, lots of errors, but there are a lot of there are a lot of guys here that end up in the major leagues which makes which makes being a fan exciting and which makes doing what we do exciting.
0: Well, I'm starting to get some goosebumps on the back of my neck when you start talking about all of this talent that has come through this league. Uh, of course, we're talking with Terry Byram, the radio broadcaster for the Harrisburg Senators. Uh, Harrisburg has been an affiliate of the Washington Nationals. Since they came over from Montreal in 2005, uh, they were also an affiliate of the Montreal Expos since 1991 and uh, for a three- or four-year stint uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates from 1987 to 1990. In previous years, the Nationals AAA affiliate was all the way over in California with the Fresno Grizzlies. Uh, Now with the whole restructuring of minor league baseball, that AAA affiliate has come back somewhat to the East Coast and is now up in upstate New York over in Rochester. Um, from your perspective, being in the Nationals organization for as long as you've been uh, and having such a deep knowledge of the way that their organization works, do you anticipate the way that players move from AA to AAA to the major leagues or potentially skipping AAA? Do you see that potentially changing at all now that a AAA affiliate is closer to the Nationals on the East Coast?
2: Yeah, I think... Uh I think after we're, after we're done with the, uh, the issues this year with the coronavirus and what that will bring to, what that might be bringing to player movement, non-player movement, I think in a normal season, uh, we'll be back to being much more of a normal double-A roster, whereas the last two years, we've had some players on our roster that would ordinarily not be in double-A, but the Nationals needed to have some guys close uh, especially after the start of that season in 2018, when they realized that uh, Fresno's not a very big place and you can't get from Fresno to the East Coast without going through at least one other airport. So most of the travel ended up being red eye travel, which meant that you know they, they had a player early that year fly a red eye flight and then play that night and it went poorly and they realized that that was not a good idea and so, they started putting players here uh, that were in kind of that 4A classification, you know, not really true AAA guys. So, as an example, a couple of years ago, I think we had Eric Fetty here. We had Michael A. Taylor here. Uh, we had, I think, Spencer Keeboom was here to start that season. He was a catcher in their organization. His brother is uh, his brother is a third baseman, well, middle infield. The third base prospect with the Nationals. He'll be in Rochester. So I think that we're not going to have that. Well, we're for sure not going to have that this year because of the transaction rules with the coronavirus. But I doubt that we'll have that going forward. I think Rochester will be more of a normal triple A stop for those guys. And we'll have a, a little more age appropriate, level appropriate roster going forward.
0: Well, it's worked out. There's been a lot of success in the Senators' organization. Uh, Last time we had a minor league baseball season in 2019, the team finished second in the Western Division. First half winners, uh, a 76-63 and overall record. Unfortunately, lost to Bowie in the uh, the Western Division Championship Series. But overall, Harrisburg, six league titles, uh, including a stretch of four in a row, if I have that right, from 1996 through 1999, I know that might have preceded your time in Harrisburg, uh, but you seldom see four championships in a row anywhere, let alone at a minor league level. Uh, what can you tell us about that unprecedented run in the late 90s?
2: The Montreal Expos and uh, just how phenomenal they were at drafting and developing and and uh, what a shame that the Expos never really had the financial resources to keep the guys that they, that they drafted and developed. And, uh, it was just, it was just, uh, as an example, I think the year they had Vladimir Guerrero here on the roster, Guerrero left and Cliff Floyd replaced him and then Rondell White. And it was just one guy after another, after another, after another, and just uh, an amazing run of, uh, of the drafting and, uh, The drafting and developing.
0: So that was in the late 90s, uh, and then there were two uh, significant playoff pushes in the, I don't know what the technical term for the 2010s is, but 2011 and 2013, you mentioned that Bryce Harper, uh, I believe, was on that 2011 team. Uh, What was it like to have such a prolific player that, that came with such High expectations. I mean, we have a player in the Yankees organization named Jason Dominguez, who everyone's counting down the days, minutes, and seconds until he's in Somerset. Uh, but he has a lot of expectations. And Bryce Harper was the first overall pick uh, when he came through. So what was that like from your perspective to have a guy like that playing in Harrisburg?
2: Yeah, I mean, that was pretty cool. So uh, just just a tiny bit of background, and, and I can answer that question better. So 2002 was my first year doing this. I didn't know anything about – being on the radio, I was thirty eight years old, decided to switch over and try my hand at doing baseball radio. The first team I worked for was the Ogden Raptors, and at that time they were the uh, rookie league affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers, and Prince Fielder was on that team. so uh, so my very first my very first year, and the Brewers wrapped Prince Fielder and they signed him, and he shows up, our third game. All right so i had a little experience with national media wanting you know because of his father that that's really the big thing and prince was the brewer's number one pick so then in 2010 we had steven strasberg who i mean there was all the lead-in to him and his first start over in altoona was on espn and uh they carried it live so when when uh when bryce harper came he came to us on July 4th of 2011, that's when he was promoted here from Hagerstown, from low A. Well, we were already going to have a big crowd that day. And I think we ended up having about 7,500 to 8,000 people. And July 4th is a big day, as you know, in the in minor league baseball and major league baseball for that matter. So he throws a couple of guys out trying to stretch singles into doubles. And I think he had a double. And you know, he's 19 years old and and you're just watching this guy play. And it's like, well, he looks pretty good. He's only 19, but he's, you know, uh, it it was a lot of fun to have him. Uh, It's also a lot of work when you have someone that everyone wants so much time. And it's easy to forget when these guys, especially someone like that, where he's so young, it's easy to think about him as being an adult, but he was just a kid. And, uh, and some of the things that some of the things being written about him were really unfair, and you know if he didn't if he didn't devote all the time that the media thought he should devote to them, they were not so kind, not necessarily our media, but just uh, maybe media in the places that we went or some of the national media and uh, and I really felt like that was the beginning of some of the way that he's treated even now in the major leagues, you know where he can you know, it's, it's sort of like guys signing autographs. You could sign 2,000 autographs in the big leagues every day, but the first one you don't sign, that person's going to talk about you. And uh, it was sort of the same way with Bryce. But let me tell you what, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun when you have players that, uh, that are that good and that well-known.
0: Well, Harrisburg has a very uh, unique way of honoring some of the best players to come through uh, their ballpark. Again, we're speaking with Terry Byram, the radio broadcaster for the Harrisburg Senators. I'm sure that you have had to discuss this before. Uh, But in my research, (laughs) I landed on the life-size bobblehead Hall of Fame over in Harrisburg. Bryce Harper, one of those players, and the list of names are really tremendous players. Vladimir Guerrero. Cliff Floyd, Bryce Harper, Matt Stairs, Brandon Phillips, Stephen Strasburg, Jamie Carroll, and Ryan Zimmerman—the most recent uh, inductee. Well, it's planned to be inducted. I don't know. You could speak to a little bit more to that, but but can you talk me through what a life-size bobblehead Hall of Fame is? How that? What the genesis of that idea was, and how it's received by you?
2: We wanted to do something to honor all of these great players that have been through and. Uh, you know, it just didn't seem like putting a disc on the outfield fence or, you know, putting a jersey up somewhere was enough. And I, I tell you what, I'm, I, I don't recall any longer how in, in our initial discussions as a, as a front office how we happened upon this. But it has gone over really well. And uh, we've received some national media coverage from having these and they really do look like bobbleheads. They just happen to be six feet tall or five feet tall. Or we actually try to try to make them so that they're pretty close to their actual their actual dimensions. And uh, so uh, people people like to because their heads really do bobble. <laughs> so people like to people like to touch the bill of the cap so that they you know oh yeah the the heads really do the heads really do move. The players seem to really think. It's uh, each each time that we've contacted the player uh, or former player uh, to to do this, they want you know they want the bobbleheads and the guys are willing to either come here for it their induction or if uh, if they're still participating in Major League Baseball one way or the other they'll do a video for us and uh, so I think uh, I think it's one of those things that someday. When I'm not here any longer, uh, there probably be forty or fifty bobbleheads somewhere in our ballpark, and, <laughs> and uh, so I, I think we we uh, we are going to uh, unveil the Ryan Zimmerman bobblehead. I think this summer. I last year we inducted him, and this year we'll do the. I don't think we have his bobblehead yet on the display. I guess I should know that, but I don't know that. Uh, I haven't been at the ballpark all that much the last year and a half. But uh, Ryan, you, you know, we were—he's a guy. He started his well. He played for about a week before he came here the year he was drafted. He was played about a week in Potomac before uh, coming here. So pretty much, he started his career here, and he chooses to come here on rehab. So a lot of times, when he has to rehab, he comes back. He likes. Uh, he likes being in Harrisburg, and so he's a guy that we're hoping that when he retires, that we'll be able to. Even though he's already been inducted, that we'll be able to have Ryan up here. He lives in the DC area, and uh, really good guy, and and uh, the fans really like him. So he was an easy choice. This you know to put into our Hall of Fame.
0: Uh, of course, uh, at the time that this show will air on WCTC, we will be one night away from opening day, and by the time that people listen to this broadcast, uh, it will be opening day, which is crazy that we've gone through all of this time, a lost 2020 year, and, and we're right at the finish line, and, and it feels like it's been a long, long marathon, but we're finally here, uh, and Terry, I do want to gauge your thoughts on the Washington Nationals organization uh, just a bit before I let you go. Uh, at the point that we're going to have this conversation aired, uh, rosters will be out. Uh, but just I want to look at overall the broad strokes of the way the Na- the Nationals organization has operated. We've mentioned already a couple of very prominent names that have had a lot of success at the major league level. But there's a lot of prominent names in this organization from a prospect standpoint. Uh, and it seems like some of the top players are some of the arms towards the top, like a, a couple of first round draft picks from the last couple of years, like Cade Cavalli and, Cole Henry, Jackson Rutledge from 2019. What can you tell us about the Nationals organization from a, a prospect perspective? And is there anyone that Patriots fans, whether it be for our first series or the other one down the road, that maybe some Patriots fans should be on the lookout for, for, for some notable names?
2: Well, I think, I think we, we likely will have a couple of infielders, Jackson Clough and Drew Mendoza. And I think, uh, according to Baseball America and MLB.com, MLB Pipeline, I think they're both top 15 guys. And I would I would expect that, uh, that they'll both start here. So I'm excited to watch those guys play. And uh, I, I'm not sure about the three pitchers you mentioned. They're probably later this year at the earliest – and maybe not till next season, but it, that's hard to say. I doubt that any of them would would start here or will start here. Uh, I think there's a uh, there's a guy, uh, a pitcher, Tim Kate, that I think has a shot at starting here. And I think he's uh, he is another guy that is in on the prospect lists. And I think the Nationals are kind of high, uh, kind of high on him. And I would expect a pretty good chance for him to be here. As far as their organization goes, they're ranked last uh, in most of the prognostications for organizations. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, Lucas Giolito, if you're a baseball fan, you might know that he's doing really well for the Chicago White Sox. He was a Harrisburg senator. And uh, he was a part of a trade piece that brought Adam Eaton that helped the Nationals win the World Series in 2019. So the Nationals... Are probably as aggressive as any organization. Mike Rizzo, the the general manager of the Nationals, president, pretty aggressive with trading with trading minor league uh, minor league players, minor league prospects for help right now. And the Nationals have been in the win now mode for so many years on the major league level. I mean, they they were close several times uh, before breaking through in two thousand and nineteen. So there there's been a lot of there's been a lot of talent traded away and when you trade away that talent eventually it catches up and they've been good so they haven't had they haven't had the high first first round draft picks like the guys that we talked about and we we didn't talk about Anthony Rendon but Anthony Rendon was in 2012 so Strasburg and Harper and Anthony Rendon and now they're not picking there <laughs> they're picking further down so Uh, they know that they need to rebuild. And I think they had a really good draft, a small one last year, but a really good draft last year. And I think they had a pretty good draft in 2019. It's just not going to show yet. And uh, certainly not going to show here yet at Harrisburg, but I don't think it's going to show yet in the prospect rankings. So I would guess that as far as all of those rankings go, they're probably two years away from being back in the top half if things go well uh, of those. But the thing that I've learned after all these years is there are a lot of guys that nobody that's on nobody's radar that all of a sudden they're really good. And those those organizational prospect rankings while I think they're incredibly useful, that doesn't mean that there won't be players worth watching here. It just means really that we're going to be probably the nationals typically in double A, we typically have one of the two or three oldest rosters in this league, the nationals tend to draft college guys and they tend to play at least two years in a before they come here. So we're typically in that 25 year old range for our roster, where I think the Yankees are typically in the 23 to 24 range. So that means ordinarily baseball America and MLB pipeline, they don't like 25 or 26 year olds in double a, they don't, and, and I'm not ripping that. I'm just saying as a, as a point of fact, they don't typically assign prospect status to somebody that's 25 or 26 in AA. And so I think some of those things can be a little misleading. Uh, you, you, you just don't want somebody to show up thinking, well, these guys, they don't have anybody on this specific list. And, uh, but I think that we'll have some guys worth watching.
0: Well, Terry, uh, I'll I'll let you go. Thank you so much. You've been very generous with your time today. And uh, I guess I will see you in person here at TD Bank Ballpark in a couple of days. But thank you for joining the show today.
2: Sure, Mark. Thanks for having me.
0: The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by TD Bank. TD Bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement. Whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog, We've got you covered. Just order a new debit card through the TD Bank app. Then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank, and A. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is brought to you by Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. In uncertain times, you need someone who has your back. That's why Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey makes sure their health plans have all the benefits you need. Telemedicine, mental health services, and more. Because everyone should feel like someone has their back. Welcome back to the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. Mark Schwartz alongside Brandon Pelter. A big thank you to Terry Byram, from the Harrisburg Senators for joining us on this week's episode. Uh, Very interesting conversation. uh, A lot of fun tidbits about the Washington Nationals organization. And I am looking forward to the chance to get out to Harrisburg to see that life-size bobblehead Hall of Fame that they've got over there. That certainly seems like a lot of fun. Well, Brandon, you know, we've, uh, we've previewed the pitchers. We've previewed the position players. We have previewed Somerset's opponent for the first series. I guess all that's left to do is throw that first pitch and play ball. Q you know it, and these next couple
1: days are going to uh, go by quite slowly. I think, as we wait in anticipation for that because it's always a little bit harder when you have something that you're looking forward to so much. Um, So we're going to do our best to keep ourselves busy. Um, We can certainly do that. (laughs) There is so much to get done, not only here in the ballpark, um, but just so much in terms of the players and and making sure we're prepared to give you guys the best possible broadcast on Tuesday night. So we will stay busy. We hope you stay busy and can just hold on A few more days at this point, we can probably start counting by the hours to first pitch.
0: A couple of reminders. If you do want to follow the action live and you will not be here at TD Bank Ballpark, you can listen to every pitch of the 2021 Somerset Patriots season on the voice of Central Jersey in the flagship station for Somerset Patriots baseball. That is 1450 WCTC and WCTCAM.com. Our coverage for home games will begin at 6.45 p.m. First pitch at 7.05 p.m. We will have a 15-minute pregame show for every game for the 2021 season. If you do want to follow the game with live video, you can watch every home Patriots broadcast on MILB.tv. If you want to watch the road broadcasts as well, you can do so on MILB.tv. They will be streamed from the hosting team's ballpark throughout the course of the entire season. Again, a big thank you to Terry Byram, Brandon, a big thank you to you as well. If you're listening to this on CTC on Monday night, we are one night away from first pitch. If you are listening on a podcast streaming platform Tuesday morning, get ready because we are minutes and hours away from first pitch. We have finally made it. We have crossed the finish line. Baseball has returned to central New Jersey. My name is Mark Schwartz. Thank you everyone so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast, and we will see you at the ballpark. Thank you for listening to the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. Each episode is aired on the voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC and WCTCAM.com with online versions made available on podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Please consider giving us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is written, hosted, and edited by me, Mark Schwartz. It is produced by Jack Myatt, Ginny Ott, and the entire team at 1450 WCTC.